Hey Gems, welcome back to the show. Let's not waste any time and jump straight into the topic. Welcome to the show. Super excited to have you on. Go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Well, if you are listening to this, then you are hearing the voice of the bougie budgeter. Um, I teach young professionals how to finance their best lives, and I do it in a shame-free and fun, exciting way because money should be easy. It should be something that we enjoy talking about. It should not be taboo. And um, that's, that's how I like to teach it. I like to teach it in a way that feels comfortable for everyone that's involved. I love that you said in a no shame, fun way, which makes sense because I think a lot of people, when we're talking about money, just because we are so, you know, fresh when it comes to financial literacy, Mm -hmm. I think we shame ourselves a lot for not knowing more. And it's like, how are we supposed to know if we were never taught, you know? And so I love that you are reducing shame so that it's easier for people to have the conversations, to be open to learning some actually pretty intricate stuff. Thankfully, that can be broken down, but money stuff is kind of confusing. I know when I paid off my debt, after that, it was like, okay, now you need to learn how to invest. And I was like, all these letters, like, I feel really (laughs) incompetent. (laughs) But I'm like, it's okay. Like, we're going to figure it out, right? And so I would love to hear what led you to doing what you do now. Is it your own journey, or have you always been really financially savvy? I've always loved money. Like, I I went to school for accounting. Um, I took my first accounting class when I was in the 10th grade. So I've been learning accounting and finance since I was 15 years old. And I'm like, okay, this is fun. Like, I love money. And I remember when I, when I said that I, oh, my uh, major was going to be accounting and everyone's like, oh, you got to love math. You got to love math. And I'm terrible at math. But... I love money. And I was like, well, I understand money. Like, I'm pretty good with it. My mom is just like one of the best people when it comes to money and finances. So it was just more out of curiosity. Like, I liked what she was doing. And funny, um, I I don't really tell this story a lot, but I wanted to, when I was in grad school, our professors had a, uh, they had, had a grant. And they would go into the Hampton Roads uh, community and uh, educate the low-income um, residents about financial literacy, what it means to have money. And, like, of course, we had to take some of the classes, too, We for extra credit, sit in a seminar and, and whatever. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I really want to do this. I really want to be a part of um, just learning more about financial education and teaching other people about financial education. And I actually was in the Miss Black and Gold pageant. So I was a pageant girl. And my platform was literally called The Money Machine. It was about teaching people financial education. Do you know that they did not select me to be a part of the grant? And I applied twice. I applied twice to be on the grant. And they they made up whatever excuses that they could to to not include me. And I was like, whatever. You know, sometimes your girl makes enemies. Uh, everyone <laughs> everyone doesn't like my style. And um, sometimes I come off a little a little stronger than most. And that, that's fine. It is what it is. But they would not allow me to be on the grant. And I applied twice. So um, when I finished college, I was like, okay, well, I definitely want to do something when it, where it comes to financial education. I really want to teach. 
and I want to do it in a way that doesn't feel like I'm reading out of a book or that doesn't seem relatable because, um, you know, black, black and brown students don't need another thing to make them feel inferior. And so that's where the whole shame free part of it comes from. And you even mentioned it, like when you're starting to learn these things, you're like, oh, well, why didn't I know this? That's not your the fault of yours. It's really how the system was created. And now that we understand that the system was created for us to not understand and it thrives on us um, being uneducated, now we can take that and learn from it and get better with it. And who cares about I what I could have done with the $5 that I spent at Taco Bell six years ago? Ten years ago, ten years ago, you couldn't even you couldn't even really invest with five dollars. Like th- mm-hmm. these platforms that we're used to, that that we're always talking about, that we're preaching about, was not a thing. I remember when I tried to start investing. I wanted to start, try to start investing. I think my my sophomore year of college. So I've always been kind of interested in it, but you still had to pay stock stock broker fees. Wow. So I was like, hold on, I have to have enough money to invest, and then I also had to have the money to pay for each transaction when I wanted to invest. Of course I'm not going to invest. Like, what? No. And that was, like, on an online platform still. So online platforms was still charging brokerage fees. Like, that's not something that is is the thing today. You can go anywhere and start investing with $5 and, and not have to pay brokerage fees. So there's a lot of mis- misinformation. There was a lot of hide. And then, yeah, and then you feel like, well, dang, I wish I would have known that. Like, why didn't I know that? Why wasn't this taught? And I, I've decided that I don't ask why. I ask how. And, like, now that I have this information, how can I, what am I going to do with it? How can I make the difference? This episode is brought to you by Self, a new podcast from Self Financial in collaboration with Acast Creative. It's a six-episode original branded series, and since recording the self-podcast, it has reminded me of why I started my money journey in the first place. Also, why I'm so passionate about helping women manage their money better so they can create the financial freedom and options, flexibility, and other things they desire while living their life on their terms. Whether you're balancing different approaches to finances with a partner, or working on your credit and your mental health on the other side of a messy breakup, money problems are challenging. It's personal and sometimes isolating, but we don't have to go through it alone. Listen and subscribe to The Self Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and take your money journey to the next level. I love that shift. Instead of asking why, asking how, right? And that helps you to maybe come up with some creative problem solving as far yeah. as like the position that you're in and then what you can do. Cause I think what happens is we focus a lot on what we don't have and what we can't do or, you know, how we're mm-hmm. restricted. Um, instead we have a choice or an opportunity to shift our focus to what we do have some level of control and, and influence over. So that was a really cool, um, Absolutely. You know, just kind of wordplay, right. To, to help us mentally look at things maybe differently than we have before. Okay, that's really cool. So not many people, I feel like, can say that they've been, you know, exposed to and learning about money since they were 15. That's my hope for my kids. My kid's mm-hmm. 11. And so last year, we broke down what investing was to her, and she was confused at first because she's like, 
what do you mean? I just put money in here and then like, it's, there's going to be more money. Like, she's like, where does this more money come from? <laughs> so I'm trying to explain it to a 10 year old. Um, but now she's, she loves it. And it's actually kind of working against us. Cause she, every time she gets money, she's like, I'm going to put it in the investment jar. And we told her we would match her to a certain extent. <laughs> so, you know, um, now I'm like, okay, she's in our pockets now that she understands, but it's a mm-hmm. good thing. Cause the hope is, you know, that she can practice these good habits as she grows older with larger amounts of money. And I think what happens is because we don't get to practice when we're younger with small amounts, by the time we're adulting, right, we're, we're adulting with thousands and thousands of dollars and we haven't had yeah. the practice to really know what the best you know, options are. So for you, what would you say is like one of the biggest, you know, frustrations or struggles that you see people dealing with when it comes to budgeting? Because I know that budgeting is such a, Ah, you know, a love-hate relationship. You use it, you need it, it helps you get somewhere, but so many people are like, I don't know how to stick to it, I'm not disciplined. Like, what's the biggest thing that you hear as far as struggle? I think that people are trying to do too much at once, and that's usually the... It's it's January, it's the new year, and people are going to make 10 different goals that they want to set, like, you know... December 31st, you was waking up at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, um, you know, eating junk food. And then you thought that because the clock struck 12, that now you're going to pick up 10 different new habits and you're going to excel at all of them. Let me tell you, you're going to suck. (laughs) You're going to suck. And that's the same thing that happens when it comes to budgeting, when it comes to money. Like we... We have been in this habit because it's all a ha- it's all habits, all habitual. How we interact with our dollars, how we interact with money, what we think about when when it comes to spending, and we're already on this spending habit that we're already doing. And then you think, well, I'm just gonna make this one budget this one month, and literally everything is going to change. No, that is so unrealistic. Or the other thing that I see is, you know, everyone's trying to do too much. So you want to get the budget, but then you also want to get your credit right. Then you want to also start investing. And then you want to also buy a house. You can't do all of that at once. It is going to overwhelm you. It's going to feel stressful. And then what what are you going to do? You're going to slip back into the current habit because that is comfortable. And... That is like the major issue that I always see. So there's nothing wrong with wanting to start your budget. But then when you start your budget, you want to be super restrictive. You aren't even comfortable looking at your bank account. And now you're going to put yourself on a $20 a day limit. That's super, super unrealistic. So I want people to start, when, when you're starting this budget, when you're trying to make this financial transformation, take it one step at a day, de- one, one day at a time. Take it one, one month at a time. Because I'm going to tell you, the first month is going to stuck. You're going to be trash at it. You're going to hate everything about whatever budget you have created. And that's just real. Because it's a new, you're, you're forming a new habit. So it's going to feel uncomfortable. The second month, you're going to be like, okay. This wasn't as trash as the first month, but, like, this is still not my favorite. And then the third month, you will know how to navigate and interact with your money in a much better way than how you were the first two months. And then you're going to realize, oh, I can do this. Okay. I can, like, limit myself to $20 a day, but I have to start with 
let's say a hundred, like a hundred dollars a week or whatever. Well, you, you know, my numbers are, are I'm not mathing right now, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but you know, you, you can say like, okay, I was really bad at this, but you have to take the sum total of what it's going to look like. I always tell anyone who, who is trying to start in their budgeting journey, I always tell them three months. Give yourself three months before you can take, say something is not working, it doesn't, it's not helpful, or that it's just, it needs to be completely overhauled. Three months, that's all I'm asking for, and just stick to one thing, one thing. Is it, are you really trying to get your 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 spending under control, or are you really trying to get your savings up, or are you really trying to do more investing? Pick one thing. Stop trying to do like 10 things at once because you're going to be, um, I think, who said it? Um, Shonda. Shonda Rhimes said, if you are doing good at one thing, you're sucking at something else. You cannot be good at everything all the time at once. You just hit the nail on the head, and I'm so glad to hear someone else say it so I don't feel, like, alone. (laughs) I I literally just posted about it yesterday, and I was like, ooh, I feel like people aren't going to like this, you know, because people want to kind of accelerate their path to financial freedom, Mm -hmm. and they think that they, you can, or that you need to do that by doing all the things at the same time, and really, you're shooting yourself in the foot, like you just mentioned, because if you think about it, you're literally trying to force yourself to onboard an an expert skill in 10 different areas and each one of them have different requirements like what helps me to become debt free is not what's going to help me learn how to save better it's not going to be what helps me learn how to invest better so it's really like if you think about it right babies are learning how to do one thing at a time and as they master it they stack another thing on top so that's Mm -hmm. why you have to get your money management down first you just need to you don't even have a habit of looking at your bank account regularly so how all of a sudden you think you're gonna you know have regular meetings with your money and that everything's going to look great and it's going to take you 10 minutes it's not going to take you you know it may take you some time as you're onboarding the skill and I'm sitting here sitting thinking about lessons of my own recently (laughs) and I'm like ah because I was really upset I'm trying to do YouTube now I'm not trying I am and it's like I have to film I have to edit I have to do the concept and the script. I'm like, this is taking so much time well duh Jacent like this is something you've never done before right is, there's a learning curve that comes with something in the beginning that once you invest that time energy and effort up front it's so much easier later on to automate it and to be able to get to a point where some people can get to a point where they can look at their their money and it only take a few minutes for them to know what they need to do That's everything not- looks ugly at first uh, everything is ugly at first <laughs> <laughs> Everything. It has, to, it has to be that way, I think, too. I think you have mm-hmm. to be faced with that in order to know how things need to shift. You have to be faced with the ugliness to be motivated to move. Because if it was nice, then you wouldn't want to change anything. Right. So if it, if it was all good, then you would have no complaint in your money journey. Everything would be all good. You'd just be able to slide through life. But no, it's <laughs> ugly, and you have to face that. And then say, how am I going to deal with this so that I can make it the way that I want it to be? So I love that you mentioned priority, right? Like the word priority is one. Yeah. (laughs) Because when you start doing good by one area of finances are so like, they're so funny, but they're so beautiful in this way where if say your goal is to save more money, saving more money requires you to make subtle changes in all other aspects of your financial life 
and it's going to improve your other the other areas maybe not as fast but that will also like if you want to save more you do have to pay down a debt a little bit more mm-hmm. right if if you want to save more you have to have a better organize organization on your money which that's all a budget is literally again if you're listening to this and you don't remember anything that i say your budget is literally just the way you organize your dollars it is not some mythical thing. It's not like the cure-all for any like financial disease in your life. It is literally just the way you told yourself you are going to organize your dollars and how you visually see your money. And that is super powerful because a lot of times all we have is an organization problem. You're not lazy. You're not stupid. You are just overwhelmed because everything is everywhere. Like, of course, it's going to feel overwhelming. You have no organization. There is no organization. And if you have no organization, that means things don't have a place. And then if things don't have a place, then that's when it starts to spiral out. Oh, my goodness gracious. Okay. Now, maybe this is easier for people to digest. Mm -hmm. That it's not what they think. It's not because someone's incompetent or that they're, you know, stupid or whatever, right? It's a matter of organization. And the more organized a person becomes, the easier it will be for them to see results in their money journey, but probably other areas of their life too. I I have a tendency to feel like as you get more mindful and intentional about your process of dealing with your finances, it affects everything else in your life too. You have Mm -hmm. to start looking at things a little bit differently. And so... I love that you mentioned that, you know, the, the what we think is the problem isn't actually the problem, y'all. <laughs> the problem is actually that you are, you know, need to brush up your organization skills. Maybe you need some Marie Kondo or whatever. Tidy up, tidy up your life. But, mm-hmm. okay, so then if we know that one of the biggest problems is that we're doing too much at the same time and that the problem isn't actually having to do with the money, it really has to do with organization, what's the best, like, for someone to start now, what's the best place for someone to start and and begin to see progress in their journey? The the first place is, is your bank statement. You don't have to tell me about your habits. You don't have to say, oh, I'm not a spender. Look at your bank statements. Your bank statements will tell you everything that you need to know about your habits. Um, not only how much money you're spending, but a very big thing that people don't pay attention to is when you're spending money. Um, I typically spend money at the end of the month. I'm a, um, I die hard end of the month money spender. And that's because I typically wait to the last minute to pay for things. I like to drag shit out as long as I can before I pay for it. So that's why you'll like, if you look at my, my big statements, I already know most things are, are pushed to the end of, end of the month. Most most of the time when I'm really spending money, it will always be towards the end of the month because I typically wait to the last minute. Some people who are maybe a little bit more anxious about spending money will typically be the ones that are spending more at the beginning of the month. Um, and, you know, just like thinking of those kind of things. If you're, um, I, I went to school as a lot of military people. A lot of people spend either um, in the 1st and the 15th. And why is that? Because that's when they get paid. So looking at your bank statements can tell you how much money you're spending, if you're overspending, and when you typically do spend your money. So then that's when you can start planning your bills around that. 
Um, if you know that you typically spend at the end of the month, then you want to make sure that some of most of your bills are paid within the first three weeks so that all of your ancillary spending can be spent at the last the, that last week. I, I don't care. Any any month, I'm always spending at the last the last week of the month because that's just how I, I that's just how I do. And because our habits are on autopilot, we're not thinking about how how we're doing them. It's just that's just how they they come out. Um, if you are someone who typically spends a lot at the beginning of the month, then again, you can start, you can call and get your, your due dates changed for a lot of your bills. People don't realize that you can get your bills changed to make that work for you. Because let me tell you, they would prefer you pay your money. Maybe it's a day or two later than originally planned on, but I'm telling you, they'd rather have some money than no money. So um, having those, like just understanding where, how you're spending, what your habits are, being very diligent of that. And then you can't make your budget or you can't start organizing or make that plan with your budget until you actually know what you've been doing. And I know it looks scary. It's nasty. Listen, just grab you a glass of wine, whiskey, if it's a little, little worse than you wanted it to be, and just go through it. The first time is always going to be ugly. Those are some good, 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 good suggestions. I always say, you know, people jump to trying to create a budget. And I say, before you budget, you need to look at where your money went before you try to tell it where you want it to go. Mm-hmm. And because, like you said, people jump to budgeting and start trying to restrict and do all this stuff. And it's like, you can't you can't create a design for something that's already been working in a certain way. And you have no idea how it's already been working. Right. And so I love that you mentioned not only looking at the numbers, right, like the the hard facts, but also it sounds like you have to raise your self-awareness about like, what is it about you personality wise Mm -hmm. or life design that may contribute to how your money is spent as well. Right. And so I always say do a spending audit, but also do like a mental, emotional audit. Is your period a certain week of the month? Do you spend more or less during that time? Did you have a breakup? Was there a loss? Like, were there mentally, mental and emotional things that might affect your spending that month? Um, And what happened so that you can be mindful of it moving forward? So I love that you mentioned looking at the money first before you try to tell it where you want it to go and accepting you know, who you are with money. Yeah. Like you said, you know what I mean? Like it's, like, you're not saying reject it. It has to be, <laughs> it's bad. Like, no, this is what it is. And this is how we plan around you yeah. know, who we are with money. And it's okay. You should be planning your money around your habits, not the other way around. Ooh. And I think that that is one thing that people get wrong, especially when you're li- listening to, you know, different money gurus and they're saying like, this is the way you do it. I cannot do a strict budget. I, I've never been good with like something where I'm writing in the line item and things like that. Like I'm gonna forget. I know that I am. I prefer my bills on auto pay. I prefer like something to make me feel a little bit more flexibility. And that's just because that's how I like it. That's that's what makes me feel good. And when we're budgeting, when you're doing your money, you need to do something. You need to create your budget and your financial lifestyle around what makes you feel good and your current habits. It does not matter if, you know, everyone else is eating noodles and and, eating oodles and noodles to pay off debt. Let me tell you who's not going to be eating oodles and noodles and rice and beans to pay off debt. I don't care. (laughs) I do not care. 
So that that is I, I really want people to understand that. Like your your money should be designed around your life and how you interact with the world and not the other way around because it's going to be hard every time you try to create a budget or create a financial system and that's really what it is. It's a system. Creating your financial system in a way that feels unnatural to you. That does not go into the habits that you currently have. Like, yeah, you will have to build some new habits. That's that's true. But look at what you're already doing. Look at what feels natural for you. Look what's already comfortable. Like, life is already on a rhythm. Your life is already on a rhythm whether you've uh, paid attention to it or not. And, um, yeah, and then the last thing... You kind of mentioned it earlier when I said ask what or how versus why. And it's because I read a lot of communication books. I love communication. I think that it's so interesting. Communication psychology has really been one of my favorite things. And I cannot remember if it was... Oof, I've read a bunch of ones. It may have been um, either Talk Like Ted or The Charisma Myth. It was one of those two. And they talked about asking, no, you know what what it was? It was actually um, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. And it's a negotiations book, but he talks about um, how to better form questions to get answers that you're looking for. Um, When you ask why, you are, I'm sorry. When you ask why, you are in your head going to um, create justifications on, like, you know, why did I spend money on this? Like, okay, well, I spent money on this because, yes. you know, it was a long day. Da, 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 da. Like, you're going to create a justification to make yourself feel okay with mm-hmm. why you spent the money. But if you're starting to ask yourself, how can I spend money in a more healthy way? What was the motivation behind this purchase? Now, you're you're asking the same question, but in such a different way that your brain is like, okay, well, what was the benefit of this? And if I can't figure it out, it's going back to the store. Because if you ask me why, if you ask me why, I'm going I'm to give you an answer why. I'm going I'm to justify it for you. But we need to start asking ourselves or, you know, getting back to... Um, who, I mean, not who, um, what and how questions. And that's really going to get you to pay attention to what you're doing, how you're doing it, and stop justifying bad behavior and getting to critically thinking of how you're going to change your situation. Wow, you dropped the mic right at the end there. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to have to read that book. I heard about it, and I have some things I'm going to send you to. There's one book I always suggest. It's called Lies We Tell Ourselves, A Psychology of Self-Deception. So mm. I think that you'll find that interesting. And then I'll send you another quick like TED Talk video that talks about communication stuff that I think you'll you'll like. But I love it. Yeah, send it my way. I love them. <laughs> um, talk Like Ted was another, was another really good okay. book, too. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Listen, if, for anyone listening... The only way that you're going to be able to make long-term strides in your money journey is as you develop yourself as a person in general. And so, yes, focus on creating the budget. Stick to it for at least three months to give it that time. But I highly recommend looking into getting accountability in some way. 
figuring out how you are going to develop yourself as a person outside of money because it's going to make a huge difference. And that to me is how you really accelerate the path to progress. Those shifts in questions are genius because it forces your brain to do something different when you think about money than what it's used to, which is finding a justification, explaining what happened. It's like when you're a kid and you're being asked, like, why were you lying? You're like, well, I don't know, because blah, blah, blah. You know, like <laughs> we just naturally jump into that kind of survival mode when it comes to answering those questions. And so I love that you shared oh, just some really good stuff. I'm going to listen back to this and take some notes myself. I would love to know where everyone can find you and support you and get to know you more um, because you really do have a lot to offer. And we appreciate you sharing with the world what you've been learning for years and years and years now. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me everywhere at um, Bougie Budgeter. So B-O-U-J-I-E because Bougie with the G looks like boogie to me. And then Budgeter hey. is B-U-D-G-E-T-E-R. So that is my name across all platforms. If you want to, you know, hit your girl up on LinkedIn, it's Michael James. And um, I'm always, always down to chat. I mostly hang out on TikTok, though, I will say. Um, I'm a TikTok girly through and through, so I'm more, more so on TikTok or, or LinkedIn if, I'm, if you want to hang out with me. But sometimes I'm on Twitter and, and, and Instagram, too. Michael, thank you so much. I really appreciate you. You don't have to share everything that you're learning and what you're implementing in your own life, so it really means the world that you are um, mm -hmm. and that other people can benefit from it. So for everyone listening in my community, thank you so much. We look forward to supporting you. Use the description to find all the links to connect with her, and we will talk to you next time, Gems. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, you have a few options. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it, and you'll be notified as new episodes are uploaded. You can also leave a review or send me your feedback. Doing so helps me to create content that's relevant to what you want to hear about. And last, you can share the podcast with a friend. Whether it's directly or sharing it on your social media, it helps them to know that you think that this is information that they need to hear about. Thank you.